afternoon and welcome to Vintage Orange here on KUCI 88.9 FM. I am Ellen Bell and welcome to another afternoon discussion of Orange County history, which is what we do here every week on Vintage Orange. And this week, you know, it's Halloween time, right? So we're we're all thinking about Halloween, different celebrations we can do for this. Last week, we, we talked about the Haunted Fullerton walking tour. And so if you haven't had a chance to do that, you can always get out and do one of these ghost tours or you can celebrate this weekend up in the city of Anaheim. This week we're going to be talking about a traditional holiday celebration that's been going on in Orange County for 92 years. Yes, long before there was a Mickey Mouse in Anaheim, there was this wonderful Halloween celebration that's been going on. So my guest this week is Stephanie George, who is not only the Special Collections and Archives Librarian at Chapman University, so she has her street cred in local Orange County history, but she's also an Anaheim resident, longtime Anaheim resident. She grew up there and has been going to this event since she was a little girl. And so she brings to our discussion not only her research that she's done about the history of this event, but also um, you know her own personal stories and, and love for it as well, which I think is the perfect combination. Um, what, uh, what we'll be talking about here is... is Old Town uh, local traditional celebrations and that's what I love to celebrate here and this is a great event. It's happening this Saturday um, October the 29th in Anaheim. Um, It will be uh, in the downtown area of Anaheim so if you're not familiar with this would be I guess actually the parade will be launching from Broadway and Walnut and if you've been up to the Anaheim Packing District and seen any of the new development up there um, this is kind of in that that general vicinity, and I'll be giving you the links and all the information about doing that. But it's a wonderful event, a full-day festival with a big parade in the evening. And so without me telling you all about it, I'm going to let Stephanie George give you the history of the Anaheim Halloween Parade. So, Stephanie George, thank you for being with me today on Vintage Orange. I appreciate you uh, coming to, to chat about history with me. Oh, I'm very happy, Ellen. Thank you. And it's a it's a happy time. Halloween, you, in, you shared this is your favorite holiday. Indeed it is. <laughs> we, I, I like to call it my holy day of obligation. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Well, there's, there's a reason that this is, I'm sure, one of the big major reasons why Halloween is, a, is an important holiday to you. Is you grew up in the city of Anaheim. And that Halloween has a long-standing tradition in Anaheim. Is that right? Indeed, it it does. And the starting, and it's still going on right now. The Halloween, um, it's the fall festival happening in Anaheim. It's this Saturday, I believe, the twenty ninth. Correct. And it's just a whole day long festival of activities and a, and a major parade and all of these things. This wonderful hometown celebration that's been going on. How many years has it been now? Uh, I believe this is the 92nd anniversary. Okay. And so how did this all get started in Anaheim? Um, Well, before I get into the origins of the festival, um, I think it's important to understand and appreciate um, the history of Halloween um, as as far as the Victorians were concerned. Because we were just moving... Um, out of the Victorian age um, and into the, the, the teens and the 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Halloween for a very long time had been all about um, conjuring up spirits and the concern with death and destruction, but it really took uh, a little turn that was uh, reinvented of sorts um, in Victorian times, and um, it it turned to one of more entertainment and games, mm-hmm. and those were mostly organized for young adults in the upper class. And certainly by the turn of the 20th century, uh, wearing costumes came back into practice. Um, it was certainly gaining popularity um, that, that first decade of the 20th century. As America was united by newspapers and national magazines, um, it, it really took on sort of this national um, fever that sometimes manifested itself in uh, youngsters, teenagers taking to the streets, even mm-hmm. even adults taking to the streets and towns. And some of the newspapers called it the Halloween problem. Mm-hmm. Um, especially young men and boys were particularly fond of all kinds of practical jokes and as you said, there was definitely a healthy tradition of troublemaking, um, probably just precocious mm-hmm. Halloween pranks. Um, for example, they'd remove the gates of people's houses or of um, pastures, um, or they would lift wagons onto the barns of roofs <laughs> or barns, and and um, they'd tip over outhouses, and maybe they'd chalk up windows and sidewalks. Um, but a new brand of trouble, so to speak, emerged, um, and there were there were stories of of uh, presumably kids who were starting to steal and mm-hmm. set fires and damaging property. And so Halloween became associated with, as I said, the Halloween pro- uh, problem. And I think a lot of adults began to question whether or not there was actually a need for a holiday that was in some ways encouraging these these kinds of pranks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of became an annoyance for the people in Anaheim, yeah. <laughs> rather than something they just something they had to endure on on October thirty first. Right, and and this came into the downtown area as well, and. Um, I know storekeepers were always busy the day after trying to remove um, drawings from their plate glass windows and, um, you know, trying to deal with some of the uh, destruction that had taken place up there. So, again, this wasn't necessarily a local problem, but kind of a national problem. And I think even today in some cities, especially on the East Coast, um, they refer to the 30th of October as Mischief Night. And those, I think that's, those are kind of the vestiges of Mm -hmm. some of these pranks that uh, were born out of this time. Um, But Overall, in the United States, there was this basic premise that perhaps we need to find a a substitution Mm -hmm. of reputable fun for this mischief. And so overall, church leaders got together, civic leaders, community leaders, and said, you know, maybe we need to tame this. And how do we do this? Well, we could recast this holiday possibly as a charitable opportunity, and we can encourage clubs to gather food and clothes for the poor, or maybe we can just have sponsored Halloween activities 
like parades Mm -hmm. that might be a diversion and keep them really, really busy. Um, So that's kind of the time period that we're moving into. Um, And the, the early accounts actually credit three Anaheim businessmen Um, August Schumacher, George Reed, and Doc Barnes, who were all downtown Anaheim merchants as the original organizers, um, who led the way to, quote-unquote, divert the energies of these youngsters into wholesome fun fun and frolicking. (laughs) This first parade was organized and sponsored, actually, by the Anaheim Merchants and Manufacturers Association. So it was this committee that arranged for this first year, the Halloween uh, street carnival, that basically called for their downtown merchants to decorate their business windows. Um, They would hold an evening parade and sponsor a street dance. There was an exhibition baseball game held at the Bray Bowl on October 31st, and Uh, For those of us who (laughs) know local history or know baseball history, um, Walter Johnson, uh, whose record still holds in in many areas, um, brought his team along with uh, one of his friends, Babe Ruth. Oh, I've heard of him. Yes, and uh, (laughs) they played... Uh, an exhibition baseball game against the Anaheim Elks, and it's and Schumacher, who I've just uh, mentioned his name before, he was also associated with the Elks, so it may have been he he could have been um, involved in in getting this exhibition game, or maybe instrumental in securing um, both Walter Johnson and Babe Ruth as the two Grand Marshals. You know, maybe their thinking was, well, if if these two celebrities are there, then maybe, you know, these pranksters will stick around and, and not go and soap up windows and tip over outhouses. There were 31 decorated downtown merchant windows. Um, the Boy Scouts acted as judges for those who were <laughs> attending the parade. Uh, there were over 600 high school students there. Um, invitations had been sent out to all the local societies and clubs, and uh, the first two cars in the parade carried both Walter Johnson and Babe Ruth. And this is the year, is it 1924? This is, this is 1924, <clears throat> okay. exactly. Now, that per- first parade, uh, the newspapers recount that the parade was about two miles long. It included all kinds of floats and represented these uh floats from the different fraternal organizations and societies and businesses. And they were all dressed in autumnal colors. And uh, those who were riding on the floats or walking were all masked and, and costumed. And then just as soon as the parade broke up, they opened the entire uh, Lincoln, which at that point was called Center Street. Mm-hmm. And they opened that pavement between Lemon and Anaheim Boulevard, which is a good city-long block. And the dance started, and they had pumpkins that were stretched across the street, just paper pumpkins mm-hmm. and um you know, it was big news that each of those pumpkins contained a light bulb. <laughs> um, and all the um, lampposts were decorated with corn stalks and flowers and 
And so it was a real um, general festive time that, uh, you know, this dance continued until midnight, possibly with the hopes that, again, keeping everybody up late and in one spot would... Uh, dissuade them from going and causing any trouble. And it's interesting to me, I think about this going back and um, that this would be a nighttime event. You know, usually back then, this was this kind of a newer thing to be able to hold a parade at night because Mm -hmm. of, you know, the light bulbs in the pumpkins would have been unusual, you know, that this was kind of different to be able to have an event like this after dark. Right. And and again, this also gives credence to the idea that this is an opportunity for people to come together mm-hmm. and maybe move away from some of the the pranks that were, were now... Um, you know, had, getting involved in the in the Anaheim area and maybe, um, you know, save some of the businesses from all the cleanup that they'd have to do the following day. So it was a resounding success, the first one. Indeed it was. And so how did, did they go on from there immediately, obviously? You know, something goes well, you want to do it again. Right. So what happened then in the, the ensuing years after right. that, the Anaheim well, Parade? Well, pretty much um, they... As you said, the general consensus was that this was extremely successful and that they should make it an annual event. So most of the succeeding years were very similar. Um, The downtown businesses, again, were invited to decorate the windows, Um, not necessarily with advertising, but in the spirit of Halloween. Mm -hmm. So as the celebration began to grow, there were additional events that were added as well. Um, in addition to the street dance, uh, I believe there was a vaudeville program, and there were band concerts, and at one point there was a big football game. Um, the streets beyond just the downtown area were decorated with flags and corn stalks and pumpkins. Um, it was a community event in the sense that the merchants hall. Um, chose to close their businesses early so they could all participate. And <clears throat> crowds were increasing with each successive year. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some during this time in the late 20s, uh, crowds of as high as 40,000 people wow. um, were attending. And Anaheim at the time had a population of 11,000. Yeah. So that night it increased fourfold. So this went on and even into like decades out, you know, this became a big <clears throat> event, almost almost comparable to the local to the Rose Parade, maybe not nationally certainly, but you know, an event in Southern California where um, people identified Anaheim with Halloween, and um, like I, I understand, the parade was televised for some time, even in the '60s. It it, it was uh, KTLA. Oh, K- I'm sorry, KTLA. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this Anahe- the Anaheim Halloween parade became so well known that um, photographs were included in East Coast papers, and they were giving full page coverage. Mm-hmm. So it was to, getting national attention. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, because of the fact that they were reporting that some of these pranks and, and um, issues that other cities were having were decreasing. And so the even the police mentioned that, you know, this was a, a good thing for the county because... Um, some of those issues 
that surrounded uh, Mischief Night and What Night just weren't happening. And they attributed that to the fact that there were a lot of activities surrounding Halloween that would keep kids busy and keep adults busy and forming community. And if you know, um, you know, it's your best friends or, or Mr. Smith's shop, you're probably, there's, there's probably less of a chance that you're going to go and, and soap up his windows. Well, I think that it speaks to the importance of these events and, and how wonderful that this parade and festival still exists. I know it's gone through different times. There was a point where it had fallen off a little bit in popularity and was kind of rediscovered um, and brought back. I mean, right. it was continuing, but it had kind of, you know, things move on and it's not exciting. It's not this high tech. Everybody's doing other things. And this little quaint community parade may not be as exciting, but it's kind of found it's a new life, hasn't it? Yes. Um, it, it was really in the late 70s that um, there was a belief that perhaps the festival and the Halloween had sort of run its course. And I, I'll mention, too, that this is just at the beginning of when downtown was starting to be uh, redeveloped. Mm-hmm. And so um, there was no, or there was a loss of community in terms of the actual physical space. There was still the costume pancake breakfast, um, the kitty parade, which had been highly popular, um, had had stopped, um, even though there were at, at some reports, 200,000 people attending the evening parade. Um, the Chamber of Commerce, who at that point had taken over the parade, um, was really on the verge of just abandoning the tradition. So the mayor at the time, John Seymour, I believe, appointed um, a chairman of the newly Anaheim Festival Association, and they took over from the Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. And they found a little bit of financial support, but it just didn't have the same uh, movement that uh, the previous parade and festivals have had. And it kind of limped by, actually, um, for another decade or so, but it was about 1991 when it really looked like the end of the festival's history was over. The city was citing escalating costs, Mm -hmm. there was a lack of funding, there was actually a loss of city support and organization. You know, again, by that time, the raising of Anaheim's downtown because of redevelopment really contributed to Mm -hmm. the the decline. And so it was scaled back to just a a barbecue, a food fair, a penny carnival. And it really looked like there was the signaling of this this end of the era. and after a five-year absence, though, by 1999, the Halloween festival returned. <laughs> and it was similar, but not the same. There was a pancake breakfast. There was a kitty parade again. Um, the parade, however, was just really a mere shadow of itself. It slowly made its way back. And it was really, I think, just in the last four years, um, 
this resurgence is is really because of two individuals, in my opinion, Kevin Kidney and Jody Daly, who imagined a parade that was a little different, and because of their um, friends and colleagues in all kinds of areas of art and, um, you know, building sets and whatnot, they called in volunteers and their friends and said, let's put this together. Let's see what we can do. And so the parade at this point is still a, a community event in which they're constantly calling for volunteers to come and help build the floats, participate in the floats, um, getting community buy-in from different organizations again. But I think they've really just breathed new life into this. And uh, we're, we're happy that they've continued this tradition. And it seems to me like the common denominator or the thread that has carried this through the 92 years is that community um, infusion, that it's always been a an Anaheim-centered event. And even though people come from other places and it's meant other things to people from the Orange County area. But this is a signature Anaheim thing. And, you know, we've we've spoke about that before, about how these community events um, like this are so important to that we keep them alive because they are those last vestiges, those last little connections from how these communities have been historically in Orange County. And our cultural demographic is changing so much here. We have so many new people coming and new cultures and, and all different traditions are growing all the time here. And that's wonderful. Um, but it's also also important to be able to keep a connection with what was here before um, just just for point of reference so these new residents and new people that are coming into Anaheim in this area can say oh this is what it was like in 1924 you know this is why my community is like this uh, it's it's just lovely to see these kind of homegrown uh, community events still occurring in Orange County Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, there's so many ways that traditions and rituals um, can and have been preserved. And I think looking at the, the Halloween parade and the fall festival are, are classic examples. Um, certainly the tradition of the parade itself um, has incredible symbolic meanings simply because this is something that now, um, you know, Anaheim said this is important. Um, we want to continue passing this along to future generations. Um, in terms of even something as simple as um, getting getting dressed in a costume um, or eating at the pancake breakfast. It's always pancakes, you know. <laughs> um, and those kind of underscore what we value as a community. Um, and some and when we value something, we tend to care more about it. We want to understand it more, which just brings in additional people. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, again, possibly why Kevin and Jody have had really good luck with bringing in volunteers that 
Now you have folks who are invested and they want to make sure that their investment um, is viable. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, the, the culture of Halloween um, overall and certainly, boy, it's it just seems like it's become one of our most important holidays mm-hmm. over the last 25 oh, years. Oh, yeah, it's exploding. It's really it's and huge. So what does that say about us? You know, what does that say about our culture? I don't know, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I've been thinking about that a lot because it has become just a tremendous cultural shift. But I I do love the fact that this... even though it is it, the actual Halloween traditions have changed and exploded and become more than certainly they were when I was a kid and it was just simply trick-or-treating and getting some candy. I mean, it's mm-hmm. become a much bigger thing. But I love how in, in Anaheim, it's it's harkened back to its roots and it's going back to things that have been done simply for the same time. And I completely agree with you. I think that in this day when we have so much transition going on and, and development and change, is the operative word that people really need to have a local connection with where they live Mm -hmm. and yes maybe the neighborhood has changed maybe you have all kinds of new neighbors but if people don't have a buy-in with their community and their neighborhood and if they can't know the people who own the shops down the street or that they can't know who owns the home next to them they won't that's the way that we protect our neighborhoods. That's the way that we keep our neighborhoods safe and and attractive. And and the way we enjoy our way of life is by plugging into where you live. And these events are just the crucial way to do that. And I I love that it's still alive and kicking. Right. And I think, especially in our modern day, where it's very easy especially in large cities to feel like one is lost or alone mm-hmm. or that they're they're operating in a silo that having these types of community events um, brings us all an opportunity to identify with others on even a very simple level yep. you know we're all dressed up we're all gathering for the parade we're all putting our chairs out there at nine o'clock in the morning you know and the chairs are still there when we come back at six yes you know um there's there's a huge benefit that um is is not only for us, but for the community when we all come together and we have this um, identity yeah. of, of, even though we may have different backgrounds, we all meet at the same place yes. <laughs> when it comes to Halloween. Absolutely. And Anaheim has so much to celebrate. There's been so much redevelopment and, and you know, life has been breathed into some of these areas that are you know, new things, you know, the packing district just to be one of them. And that's right right, kind of in the heart of where the celebration is taking place. Exactly. So yeah, this is the perfect time if you haven't had a chance to get up to Anaheim and see some of these new um, developments and and just wonderful places that are flourishing there now. This weekend is a wonderful time to go up and and see what's new in Anaheim and do something that's very been going on for a long time, you know, take place in an old tradition and you don't have to live there to enjoy it, as you've mentioned. And uh, I, I just, I, I'm so grateful that we have these celebrations. And thank you so much, Stephanie George, for sharing your research about it and um, spreading the word about your hometown's Halloween celebration. 
Oh, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure. All right. Well, maybe I'll see you up there this weekend. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. All righty. Yes, thank you to Stephanie George uh, from uh, the Special Collections and Archives Librarian at Chapman University and longtime Anaheim resident. Uh, in fact, Stephanie told me she's going to be attending. She does every year with her friends that she's known since the first grade, which is awesome. And now they've brought their kids there, and it's just the celebration continues. And that's what's going on in Anaheim. So get up there, and uh, how often do you get a chance to participate in something that's living history and that's what the Anaheim Halloween Parade is. It's happening October 29th this Saturday. The parade starts at 6 o'clock but as I mentioned there's things going on all day and if you want to find out more go on the website is AnaheimHalloweenParade.org or you could go on the um, I think the Anaheim Fall Festival has its own uh, website as well but check it out. The links are on my website at Vintage Orange KUCI and so you can you can check out there but thank you so much for being with me for another week of Vintage Orange, and I will see you next week on KUCI 88.9 FM.